Um, definitely different, uh, especially the weather, right? I, I've seen some of your Instagram photos and my goodness, you have some snow. Yes, it's been um, not as much snow as we've had in past winters, but thankfully it did just snow this week. So it's very pretty, but it's um, also really chilly today. It's six, six degrees. Um, so <laughs> that's very different from California life. Oh my goodness. So what kinds of what kinds of things do you do at the house there? Do you, you as far as I understand you have programs and you open your uh your barn and your home for parties and things of that nature as well? Yes. So um while I was in California and up until just um about this year, um I've been a wedding planner. So kind of the reason for relocating was to have a property that we could use for weddings and events. So um, the barn is really old. It's super cool, but it's old. The house was built in 1785. And so the barn is, we don't have an um, an exact date on when it was built, but it's pre-Civil War. And it's so beautiful. And although it has had a history of um, housing cattle and horses and chickens and goats and sheep. Um, I only have dinner parties in there. And I also host workshops that are creative based. Um, so we've done some floral design workshops. We've done hand lettering. We've done um, different partnerships with other business owners um, that locally. So we had the owner of the wine shop come with the owner of the cheese shop and we did a fun wine and cheese pairing. So just all sorts of things. I just love curating really fabulous events that people can attend. Um, And we keep those to really small groups so that they're just feel really intimate and interactive with whoever's leading the workshop. Oh, that sounds like such a ball. Oh, it sounds like so much fun. And really a neat way for you to um, utilize every part of your property. Yes. And then, of course, I got really excited about that. That was all dreamy pre-pandemic plan. That's what we used to do. Uh And that's what we hope to do again in the future as soon as it's safe and prudent to do so. Um, But a way that we've been utilizing the property and being a support to the community in the past year um, has been offering some kids nature programs. So that's been really, really fun. My daughter is seven now. She just turned seven. And it's such a fun place to be a kid. So it's been a great opportunity to invite other small groups of kids um, here for the summer. We had a couple of summer camps that were week long. And then I've been doing an after school program 
called Field and Farm that teaches kids the seasonal duties of a working farm. So that's been really a a great addition to our calendar. Well, not addition to our calendar. It's been a great thing to have something on the calendar um, (laughs) since we're not able to do things that we're used to doing. Um, But that's been really wonderful. And it's been a joy to partner with um, our neighbor. So the farm that abuts our property um, is Hythe Farm. And Nan Norseen is the farmer owner. And Mm -hmm. she has about 60 head of Shetland sheep. So uh, the first day that school was canceled last March was the day that the first baby lamb was born of the season. Oh, she enrolled. Yes, it was so darling. So she enrolled my daughter and I in farm school. And we just went there every single day to help bring 22 baby lambs into the world and name them. And it was, it was so fun and such a delight. And so that's what uh, prompted and inspired the after school program. So we um, teach the kids the different things that are happening on our property, as well as on her sheep farm. Wow, that sounds so magical for all the kids. Oh, that sounds like such a blast. Yeah, I went to a really small Bible college in Oregon. And one of the the taglines of the school, I don't think it was on their actual um, print collateral, but um, they would say ring by spring or your money back. Um, a lot of people got engaged while they were at school. Oh. And although that was not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was not my trajectory. Um, I was asked one summer to be in 10 different weddings, which <laughs> is just too many. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know, we had the little closet and it was the early nineties. So all the bridesmaid dresses had really puffy sleeves. So there was no way that I could have 10 of these added to my repertoire. So for some of the girls that I wasn't as close to, I offered to help out with the planning and more behind the scenes elements of the wedding. And I loved it. So as a child, I loved, I'm totally dating myself, but I loved Love Boat. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be Julie McCoy. She was the activities director on the log boat and she had her clipboard and she knew the timeline of what was happening when, and everyone went to her to find out what was next. And I loved that. So I loved that element of wedding planning and just the dreaming and then implementing different details and then seeing it all come together and having the honor and joy of being a part of somebody's best day of their life, it was just a dream. So I kind of just started that summer. And then I was on staff at a church that did a lot of weddings and didn't have a wedding planner. So I kind of took on that role and then just started doing it for friends. And then all of a sudden, it was a business. So, and I did that for 30 years, which that seems crazy. Um, (laughs) I can't believe how fast time goes. That's a lot of weddings. (laughs) 
and events. It's a lot of weddings. I had a wedding um, last year, um, you know, in the pandemic, things had to change quite a bit for this particular couple. So they, we were already working for their large wedding. We were working together and when things changed and they needed to downsize it significantly, um, we just moved the party to our house. So we hosted their wedding here. So I'm super happy that my last wedding as a professional wedding planner was also my first wedding at the Phineas Wright House. So we're very excited for more of those in the future. Oh, that's amazing. Now, when you moved there, did you have to um ha- ha- did you have to learn all about the history of the Phineas Wright House or was it a place you had already been aware of? That's a great question. Um my mom is from Lowell, Massachusetts, which is just probably 30 minutes from here. Um, And she met my dad in the Navy. They were both stationed in Newport, Rhode Island, but my dad was from the West Coast. So when they left the Navy and got married, they moved to California just a few weeks before I was born. But all of my aunts and uncles, all of my cousins, everyone is in Massachusetts. So when we would come visit, I just thought this was the most beautiful place and I wanted to live here my entire life. So even growing up in California and going to school in Oregon and then moving back to California after school, but always had my sights set on the East Coast. And in fact, I packed three times for a cross-country move and twice unpacked still in California. But the oh. third time was a charm. And so I was really glad. Um, and we we were just looking for properties that um, were far enough away from kind of the hustle and bustle of the city life. Um, having been in California and just kind of in the thick of it, we were in the San Francisco Bay Area for 15 years before moving here. So we were just looking for something that was beautiful and had a little more property. And I wanted a barn so badly so that I could host barn weddings. And so this was actually the first property that we saw that was not a bed and breakfast. And had a great barn and it was beautiful and it was really inexpensive compared to the San Francisco Bay area. (laughs) So we said, hooray, (laughs) let's take it. Um, And we had had no, no experience with a house that was older than 1986. So it's been quite a learning curve, but it's really, it's just, it's an adventure and we're super happy to be here and really excited to share it with people. Oh, I just, I love that idea. And and how, and how resilient of you to take something that, um, that worked for you somewhere and, you know, you're moving it literally across the country, but you have to adapt. And um, it, I'm, I'm assuming it sounds like you weren't really a farm girl growing up. So you probably had to learn those skills too, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I have a closet full of shoes that I will most likely never wear again because um, because we live on a farm now. Um, so it's been, it's been, like I said, quite a learning curve. Um, we've learned that neglect is the enemy. 
So Mm -hmm. with an old house, you are just constantly on the lookout for anything that doesn't seem right. And Mm -hmm. we had a small garden when we lived in California, but now we have fields of vegetables and fruits. And then we're also growing cut flowers that we sell to local florists and then use also for our floral design workshops. And yeah, we're, we're learning so much every day, (laughs) all day long, but, you know, just also knowing that that was a dream that was in my heart since I was a child. So to be able to finally realize it, as you know, someone as I don't know how old I am, 53 or something, um, you know, to finally realize it is just, it's a beautiful gift. Oh, that's incredible. So do you have you sounds like you have very little time in your life. Would you say that you are a routine driven person or not? How do you manage it all? Oh, yes. So funny. Um, you know, I think just my personality and then all my years as a wedding planner, I just, I operate using a timeline every day, but, mm-hmm. um, I've, I'm learning <laughs> that this property tells me what is happening today more than I tell it what's happening today. So I'm, I try to have a few things on the list, but you just never know when, there's a fox in the hen house or there's a windstorm and the tree falls down and, you know, or there are all sorts of critters and things that um, thwart your great ideas. And um, it's, yeah. And there's weather and there, are, it's just a, it's kind of a moving target, but we, we have a good routine. I, I actually just started recently a morning routine. So I'm wake up at 445 and I read and I journal and I have a cup of tea and I meditate. And then, um, and then when my daughter gets up for school, she's remote learning. Um, then I'm feeling like more ready to be there for her and be there for my husband who's also working like his office is the dining room and my daughter's class is her bedroom and then my office is here so there's there's a lot of things going on but we're just embracing the challenges of every day and grateful to be here. It sounds like your morning routine is something that's a really good um, idea for self-care. Are there other things that you routinely do for to kind of take care of yourself amidst all of the hustle and bustle? Yeah, um, I, I'm so happy to have started this routine. Before that, um, I haven't read, I've only read two books since we bought this house. I've read The Story's Guide to Raising Chickens and international toddler adoption because we adopted our daughter five years ago from China. So, um, but other than that, I've been so busy just trying to keep up with the demands. So putting the morning routine in place has been an amazing opportunity for self-care. The other things that I would say is just hosting these workshops or curating the events where another person is hosting the workshop, I just love celebrating people. So having them come here, I want them to feel welcomed. I want them to feel anticipated. 
I want them to feel celebrated. And when I know somebody is on their way here, I'm just filled with joy. And that feels like if entertaining is a is an allowable self-care act um i i like that one the best oh i absolutely it's allowable it's whatever works for you and, and i think that sounds like that sounds so nourishing you know doing what really truly calls to your soul now do you have um a favorite workshop something that you could point out that is one thing that is your favorite thing that you do on the farm now yes Thank you for asking. Um, I love our floral design workshops that start in our dahlia field. So we welcome guests and give them a celebratory welcome beverage. And then we head out to the dahlia field, um, clippers in hand, and everyone just gets to clip the flowers that speak to them the most. We have um, about Sometimes they don't survive winter storage. So I'll say how many I stored, not how many will survive, um, about 225 different dahlias. And it's just a beautiful show um, come September. It's so pretty. They um, So to answer your question, we cut the dahlias and then have some other just forage around the property for other flowers, um, native flowers and plants that are growing, as well as other uh, cut flowers in the field. Um, We collect all of those, go back into the barn, create a beautiful centerpiece or arrangement, whatever anybody wants. And I love that too, because everyone has similar ingredients, but what they create on their own is so unique and beautiful. So once everyone's made their arrangement, then we line those up down the center of the table and um, have dinner together. So we grow so much food here that I can't, we can't eat it. We're a small family. So um, I make dinner for everybody and we enjoy the beautiful arrangements down the center table and the fabulous farm to table, hyper local farm to table meal (laughs) that was all um, created with ingredients within walking distance to the barn and just celebrate each other. And it's leisurely and it feels like an escape, even though our address is right on Main Street. What a delightful visual. I just, I can picture it. It sounds like, uh, it it sounds like from Sunset Magazine. Uh, Just, I can see the flower arrangements down the middle. Oh my goodness. Um, Now, I'm glad that you brought up food because one of the things that I've been watching, um, listeners, it's pretty amazing. You definitely should follow Phineas Wright. It's an incredible just visual display. Wendy has done so many different beautiful Instagram posts. And she's been featuring all different kinds of um, workshops online all winter. Things from um, how to cook a holiday meal, as I recall, to she does a, a different a different drink every Friday night. Um, That's and, true. Oh, and some of the things that she's come up with are just absolutely scrumptious. <laughs> so, Thank you. It's so fun. I was inspired this past summer just with, you know, trying to be creative, we planted all of this food, and then no one could come um, because of the pandemic. So I 
created a CSA and started delivering my produce around town. And then I thought, oh, if people have something to eat, they should have something to drink too. So we have garden-inspired craft cocktail kits. So those are the cocktails that have been um, that I've been demonstrating on Friday evenings um, on the Facebook page and on Instagram. So that you spoke about. So yeah, so those recipes are inspired by what's growing in the garden, or right now the garden's covered with snow, but we've got some things that have been stored up. Um, so we're using those. What's one of your favorite things to make uh, food-wise with ingredients from your farm and in your environments? Oh, that's a great question too. Um, I would say just going back to neighboring Hythe Farm. Um, so our, I know it's for some people, it's really easy to imagine playing with baby lambs and then it can be a little abrupt to say that your favorite thing to cook is lamb from next door, but that is, that is, um, it's on purpose. And that is um, how Nan makes her money. And so we love to support local farms and knowing, you know, how they were treated is really important to us. And the fact that I can see them from my desk um, out the window is it's beautiful. I'm I'm witnessing their excellent treatment, and um, it shows when we are able to serve those meals. So um, I would say leg of lamb, and then um, just you know uh, we grow so many different things. So I love just kind of being inspired by taking a walk through the gardens and see what's ready, but. Um, we have several varieties of heirloom tomatoes. So I like to grill the leg of lamb with rosemary. And then when it rests, I let it rest on a bed of heirloom tomato slices. And just the juices from the meat, seasoning the tomatoes and tons of fresh basil and rosemary and all sorts of good things. That's making me long for, as I look at my snow-covered garden from where I'm sitting, <laughs> now I'm longing for tomatoes. <laughs> oh, me too. I saw them advertise heirloom tomatoes the other day, and I was like, that's not real. <laughs> I mean, it is, but not it's not real. the same. You're right about that. <laughs> yes, oh but God. like you said, we have a lot of things that we're offering. Um, we're doing a lot of, the, you know, everything online right now. Um, so we've got different cooking classes. Um, we have a cookie subscription box. So um, we send out um, a dozen beautiful, delicious, yummy cookies once a month. So some people have that subscription for a year. A lot of people gifted it over the holidays. So that's a lot of fun. Um, but we're, we're looking forward to when we can all be together again. Um, I'm also planning some luxury trips that um, I'm curating those experiences. So we're taking the Phineas Wright house on the road a few times. So there's just, there's lots of good things ahead. Oh, I'm so excited. Now, how can um, listeners get in touch with you? Um, could you tell us your website and your Instagram, please? Sure, absolutely. It's PhineasWrightHouse.com for the website. And on Instagram, it's Phineas Wright house. 
Perfect. Now, all this will be on um, the webpage for this podcast, as well as my own Instagram. Um, if you would like to get in touch with Wendy, if you want to uh, visit the Phineas Wright House when you can, <laughs> um, or just enjoy her <laughs> wonderful offerings. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Wendy. Thank you. It was a pleasure. wonderful time talking to Wendy. I wish she lived closer to me so I could come and be at her farm all the time. Doesn't it sound like such a delightful place to be? I wanted to talk about three things I learned from talking to Wendy. The first thing that I picked up on was the importance of going after what you love. The second thing I learned from Wendy was not to let the unknown stop you. That was so inspirational to me that she didn't know how to farm, but you know what? She taught herself and she figured it out. The third thing was the importance of learning how to pivot, especially during the pandemic. What an amazing feat she was able to find a way to make her farm work for her. I just felt so much love and inspiration coming from Wendy today, and I hope you did too. Remember, anytime you would like to contact me, you can always contact me through my website, youareresilient.net please subscribe and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, if you have an idea for a future show, feel free to contact me about that. Thank you. Right now.